The following podcast is a program segment from the Midday Moments program with Gary Duncan. Join Gary for two hours of sacred music, along with moments of faith, family, and fun. Listen to AM 850 in St. Louis, or on the live stream at KFUO.org. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere, KFUO Radio. Listener-supported AM850 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for KFUO Radio. Search that out when you're on those platforms. Hi, and good afternoon. You're listening to Midday Moments. And today we're talking to uh, St. Peter again of the Hook and Crook. Welcome back, St. Peter. Yeah, good to talk to you again, Gary. I hear you had an interesting day already. Yes, already did. <laughs> stuck in traffic and running late on everything, but I'll be okay. You know, we Typical find ourselves day in St. Louis. Yes, I'm glad you're down there at the Hook and Crook. Where's that on the Kaskaskia River, right? Yeah, Kaskaskia River. No, no, we have no traffic problems here. No, but you do have fish that jump out at you, don't you? That's true. We have the jumping carp. <laughs> the jumping you have to be aware yeah. of that. <laughs> well, Peter, we find ourselves midway in a story about how Jesus called you to be a disciple. How does your calling and all Christians' calling, how are those the same? Well, obviously, Gary, Jesus didn't call you to leave family and home and go into all nations preaching the gospel. That was unique to me and the other apostles. But the way he went about giving me that call is the same for all Christians. Let me illustrate from my own experience. As I told you last week, I had said to Jesus, Master, I've toiled and haven't caught a thing. Now that's something we can all identify with. So many people are so busy today, hard at work, putting in the overtime, getting stuck in traffic, and yet so often it is just toil with little left to show for our efforts. No doubt that's true, Peter, but what does that have to do with Jesus calling us to be his disciples? All right, just just give me a moment here. I'm illustrating from my own story now. There I was on the seashore cleaning my nets. Uh, If you are a professional fisherman, it matters not whether you caught a bunch of fish or none at all. There's still work to be done when the fishing's through. Uh, You see, your net is literally your moneymaker. Let them rot or tear and you're out of business. So it's always a time-consuming and tedious task to clean the nets, but it must be done. Now, Remember, Gary, I'd been fishing all night long, and I was looking forward to getting the chore finished and headed home for a little shut-eye. Hadn't caught any fish that night, but Jesus would have none of it. What do you mean? Well, you think he would have come over and said, I can tell you fellows are tired and frustrated. Long night, was it? Tell you what, I'll see you tomorrow. But that's not what he did at all. Well, what did he do? Well, he got this bright idea. You see, that morning he was preaching to the crowds, but they kept pressing in on him, so much so it was difficult for him to preach. So he thought if he could get on a boat and set off shore a bit, he would be close enough for the crowd to hear him, but still out of their reach, as it were. So that sounds like a good idea. What's the problem? Well, you know, if he'd come over and politely asked, I know you, but if you don't mind, could you please just take me out on the boat for a little while, please? It wouldn't have been so bad. But instead, just as I'm there on the shore, putting my nets away, getting ready to go home, and I look up and there he's standing in my boat without a how do you do? The next thing I know, he's ordering me to put my boat out a little from the land. I must admit that's why I called him master that day. 
because that's what it felt like. He was just some supervisor ordering me around uh, without a thought to my feelings. So what does that have to do with us? Jesus has never ordered me into a boat. Oh, oh hasn't he? Don't you see? It's the same for you, too. Why, why, Gary, I know you work hard. As the kids say, you're busting your buns. <laughs> <laughs> but every Sunday morning, Jesus wants you to get in the boat with him. Uh, the church, that is. And listen to him preach. Come on, Master. I have been putting in a lot of hours. Sunday is the only day I can sleep in. Sunday is the only day I have to do these projects at home. Sunday is the only day I can have some time for myself. But do you think Jesus cares? He just tells you to get up and get in the boat. Of course, it's, it's not Jesus' fault. He, he gets that attitude from his Father, you know. I think I know what you're talking about. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Sanctify the Holy Day, as we Lutherans explain the meaning of that commandment. We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Which most of us do. We, we go, although I'm not sure about the gladly part. But as if that were not enough, it gets worse. What do you mean it gets worse? What gets worse? Well, the pattern of the way Jesus deals with us. You'd think if we did what Jesus said, that would be enough. Surely if I go to church, then Jesus will cut me a break. Things are bound to get better. But of course they don't. We leave church and we still have all the same problems we had before. In fact, sometimes they get worse. And things were about to get worse for me as well. I'm confused, Peter. If I remember the story, things got better. In fact, after a, a night of uh, fruitless fishing, you were about to get the greatest catch of fish you've ever had. Well, you've obviously never made your living on a boat. No, I must admit, I'm more comfortable with a microphone than a boat in a net. Well, you're right. There was a miracle catch that day, but it was not a happy catch. Well, we'll read what it says about our little fishing trip there in Luke uh, chapter 5, verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Yeah, the key words there are put out into the deep. You see, uh, our usual practice was to fish close to the shore. I did this because it was better for catching fish. You, you, you get out into the deep, the fish go deep, further than the nets can reach. But more than that, I, I stayed close to the shore because of safety. Uh, what are your swimming skills like, Gary? Well, they're not too bad. I have a, a swimming pool, so I swim quite often, and I can float. So if I ever get tired, I just roll over on my back. <laughs> well, that's the same for me. I, I was a pretty good swimmer. And if there would be trouble close to the shore, I could swim to safety easy enough. But out in the deep there, no man can swim to safety. You can't even float to safety, Gary. <laughs> and remember, we didn't go out in some diesel-powered ship but in a little handmade boat. I remember from the other stories in the Bible, the sea could be a very, very dangerous place. It often was, but that was only the beginning of my problems. If you'd read on in verse 6 there. When the nets were lowered, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. Look at the detail. Our nets were breaking. I already told you how important the nets were to the success of our business. We weren't the kind of businessmen who planned for the future. You know the old joke, Jesus saves, but Moses invests. <laughs> but we had done neither. We couldn't afford to replace the nets. And if we fixed them by hand, that might take weeks, weeks with no income to speak of. 
Furthermore, what good was such a large catch of fish if your nets broke and let them back into the sea? But that was the least of my worries. Read on in verse 7. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. It really was my fault. I'd, I'd broken a cardinal rule of professional fishing. Never go at it alone. You see, I'd gone out into the deep and left my partners with their boat close to the shore. Of course, I didn't think it would be a problem, as I never expected to catch any fish anyway. Why would you be worried? Jesus was right there with you, Peter. Well, now, true later. We would have several experiences that taught us Jesus was the ruler of wind and wave. But remember, this is the beginning. At this point, we hadn't known Jesus all that long. To us, he was just another rabbi. Great cache of fish, all right. So many fish had threatened to swamp my boat. My partners were so far away, they couldn't hear me yell. I, I had to wave at them, signal them. And even when they got to us, there were so many fish, it threatened to sink both of our boats. I'm beginning to understand why once things settled down, you fell on your knees and said to Jesus, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I don't know, Gary, how long it took for John and Andrew to get their boat out there to come to my rescue. Maybe as little as 15 minutes, but it seemed like ages. During that time, my, my life passed before my eyes. I realized this man I had so casually addressed as master was far more than just some human boss. As I said, he was the Lord. And for me as a Jew, that was a word we used when we referred to God. And that's what I realized that day. This man in the boat with me, he held my future in his hands. Wait, he would determine whether I would die that day or, or live to fish another. He was not just the ordinary religious leader. He was the Almighty God. You know, that's a good point, Peter. I think we forget the same thing we do uh, at church. We just go in to hear another religious leader. Often it's just another activity amongst many activities in our very busy weeks. But you're right. When we go to church, we are coming in the presence of the Almighty God himself. He is present there in a way that he is not present anywhere else. As he has said, where two or more are gathered in my name... Lo, there I am in the midst of them. Your story leaves me with a problem, Peter. Well, what's that, Gary? Well, as you said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. When I think about the times that I have neglected God's word, gone to church not gladly but only as a chore, why would I think I could even come into the Lord's presence at all? But like me, he has called you to come to him. It's his command. You really don't have a choice. And so if you would read verse 11. And when they have brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. And so I followed him that day because, Gary, he was the Lord. He was the boss of all bosses. How could I refuse? But in time, I would learn there was a better reason to follow him. I would learn that the word Lord means far more than just the one who is the ultimate authority over your life. And if I could come back one more week on this theme, I, I'd like to wrap this little story up. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love for you to uh, come back again and to hear the, the wrap-up of this. You're always welcome here, and I'll talk to you again next week. We are the messenger of good news, KFUO, worldwide at KFUO.org, AM 850 in the St. Louis region.